it's you can't like start going after and really dealing with stuff until you start to get manage some of the behaviors um and so once I was able to like get the behavior at least like a week under control or two weeks or a month then I could start to really go into more of the actual healing work which is what ultimately heals the addiction and like learning how to love myself and learning who I really am and 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 those types of things and shifting beliefs and but you can't do you can't do that if you're like struggling to be okay welcome to the live your fuck yes life podcast your place for all things health wellness self-care and real talk I'm Amanda Catherine Loy health coach actor and badass extraordinaire Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought with some serious real talk to help you find your passion, speak your truth, and get you one step closer to living your fuck yes life. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, 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 you guys. Welcome to episode 75 of the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your host extraordinaire. And holy fuck, y'all. <laughs> We're like halfway through November. Where is this year going? Um, it boggles my mind like every day. Um, maybe you're in the same boat. Uh, it has been cold AF in Chicago. I'm living in the tundra, apparently. Uh, this is literally the most snow we've gotten in, in the 10 years that I've lived here like ever by this point of the year. So that's been fun. And to be honest, I kind of have loved it because my Canadian self is super obsessed with snow and just winter in general. Um, We'll see how long that actually lasts, which is actually pretty fitting considering my guest today is Canadian and I'm obsessed with her too. Um, But I just want to share a few updates on my end because there's some really exciting things coming down the pipes. The biggest one of which is that my book, I chopped off my tits is launching like so fucking soon. You guys, it's going to be on Amazon for all of you to snag your copy. Um, yes, a few of you have been asking me if they're going to be like, uh, ebook versions, Kindle versions, all that good stuff. The answer is yes. It's going to launch first as an option to purchase and have like as a printed copy, which I don't know about you. I'm so old school about books. Like I so much would rather have a book in my hands and all of that good stuff. Um, so I personally think you should order that book, but if you're a Kindle person, like that's totally fine. Um, but it's all of the details for that are going to be sent out via my email list and also sent out um, on my Instagram. So if we're, you're not following me on there, come say, hey, let's be friends anyways. I don't know why we're, why we're not. Um, at Amanda Catherine Loy, you can find me on Instagram as always. Or um, if you want to get on the special VIP book launch list, you can head over to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash book and just put your email in there and you're going to get all the early bird deets and some extra fun stuff in the next couple of weeks and also beyond post the day that we launch um, as some fun stuff. Um, I'll also be announcing some really fun like book launch party stuff happening um, in the Chicago area and in the new year, potentially in New York and in Toronto. So stay tuned for all of the goods. Um, but it's going to be so fucking fun. And it's really going to be like the perfect stocking stuffer. Um, the best thing to like give your girlfriend as a Christmas present. Um, it's super, super, super balls, And I cannot wait to get it into your hands. So again, um, stay tuned for all the good deeds and make sure you're on the list so that you get the goods. Um, And 
this week's episode, y'all, it's, uh, I've wanted to have this guest, Ashley Bowden, on the podcast for eons, feels like. And I'm so excited for you to just hear her heart and hear her story. Um, she does so much good work in this world, and I'm really pumped for you to get to know her heart. But before we get there... This episode is brought to you by the Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership, my new online and affordable AF platform where you get badass mindset coaching from yours truly, support from guest experts about sex, relationships, self-care, mental health, and health, and a true community with daily conversations on how to handle this bumpy AF journey we call life. This is perfect for you if you put everyone and your mother before yourself, or maybe you want to feel less burnt out, but you have no fucking clue where to start, or maybe you're just tired of joining every free Facebook group in the land looking for support and never getting what you really need. The Live Your Fuck Yes Life membership is for you, sister. And as a podcast listener, you get 10% off your monthly subscription. So go to www.amandacatherineloy.com forward slash membership and type in code L-Y-F-Y-L. That's capital L-Y-F-Y-L. YL at checkout to snag 10% off. See you there. I really love how many of you guys have been joining the membership lately um, and using the code. I love seeing so many audience gals in there. Um, it's seriously been like, it's such a beautiful, uh, honestly really intimate group of women who are just ready to do the work and it's been awesome so um love seeing your faces in there okay let's get to fucking ashley because she's incredible and i'm obsessed with her so if you do not know who ashley bonin is she is an inspirational speaker (laughs) she she calls herself a hug dealer which is very much her mo um and the visionary of the imperfect boss which is a movement that is making impact imperfect normal and inspiring tens of thousands of creative women to grow their confidence she's super passionate about seeing people show up fully as themselves and lead through their gifts, message, and presence. And we talk about a lot of things in today's episode. And I just want to say before we actually dive in to the content, um, that insert trigger warning here. Um, Ashley's story comes with a history of some abuse and specifically um, sexual abuse. Um, And so if that is something that you know is triggering for you, um, you may just want to skip this week's episode. We don't talk about it at length um, and we get into it kind of later on in the episode, but um, I just wanted to put that out there um, as a a sidebar. Um, if, If this episode is not for you, that's totally fine. Um, because we are talking a lot about, as you saw in the title, um, sex addiction and shame around that and really what addiction can often look like. I know we talked about this a little bit, um, earlier on this season, um, with Sarah Ordo, um, talking about her, her addiction with alcohol and addiction is something that I think can, can often look, um, very different with different people. And often we don't even realize that's what is happening. Um, and the way that Ashley described her process of navigating online sex addiction um, as a virgin, right, which is which is something I did not know before speaking to her, um, just really shifted my perspective around this. Um, so we talk about that. We dive into um, self-worth and um, and how we often derive that. Um, we also d- d- deep dive a little bit into entrepreneurship and her journey around creating the imperfect boss and how it was so deeply tied to her um, self-development process. And as per usual, we get really weird um, and embrace our mutual can- Canadianness and just like super giddy laughter stuff. So it's a really light and bright, despite it being um, surrounded uh, a lot of really, really heavy topics. Um, 
for a chunk of uh, our conversation, it's a lot of really light and bright um, and bubbly experience because that's just who Ashley is. And it just goes to show what is possible when you fully embrace your story and um, and how you can really show up on the other side with so much uh, uh, intention and light and joy. So without further ado, here's Ashley. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're so cute. I'm obsessed with you. You guys, if you don't know who Ashley, it's Bowden, right? Is that how you pronounce your last yeah. name? Cool. Yeah. Um, if you guys don't know who Ashley Bowden is, um, you're about to get a whole dose of self-love, self-worth, and a shit ton of light coming your way. Um, I've been following this amazing human for, I don't even know how we were connected. I feel like we have a lot of mutual friends in the entrepreneurial space. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then we like connected online and had like a video chat a couple months ago. And I was like, this chick is my jam. I love everything you're doing. I love the mission that you put into the world. And I just had to have you on the podcast. So I'm really excited that you're here and I'm excited for you guys to learn from her heart and from her journey and her story, because I know deep down every single person listening is like, how do I love myself more? Like that's deeply Mm -hmm. what we just want more of. And you know, there's all this like self-care rah-rah bullshit that's out into the ether, but really like, what does it actually look like to love yourself? Mm -hmm. And Ashley's story is so inspiring. And, um, just like the work you do is so geared in that direction. So I'm super fucking pumped to learn from you personally too. Mm -hmm. And also for all you guys. So, um, yeah, welcome. And before, and just to get started, like I obviously know bits and pieces of your story, although I don't know the whole of it. So I'm really excited right now too, because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm going to school. Um, but you know, for everyone listening who may not know you, can you just share like the, the, the building blocks of how you've gotten to Ashley today? Wow. Yeah. Well, um, I'll start from a business perspective, which will lead me into the personal perspective. Cause, uh, cause right now I, I lead the perfect boss, which is, um, a community of women where we're normalizing imperfection and, mm-hmm. um, helping each other grow in wholeness and confidence and leadership. I, uh, but I started my first business five years ago and business really was a way for me to put myself out there and feel like I was using my gifts and just kind of, I guess, exploring and experimenting with what it could look like to make a difference on the internet. <laughs> um, and I mean, back in 2014, like it was obviously a, di- a whole different world in the internet because like the internet has a lifetime in like a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it's been really interesting, like just navigating uh, that. But I would say that what ultimately led me um led me to even start that practice of experimenting can my gifts make a difference is actually a cry of my heart that I've had since I was really little Mm -hmm. and when I would say like can my gifts make a difference what I was really saying is do my gifts matter and what I was really Mm -hmm. saying in that is do I really matter Mm -hmm. and the proof that I matter is going to be found in how people respond to me or how people are impacted by me um and so for a long time it actually really worked like it if you go out there with some real gusto and and bring what you have like you're gonna get some of some of that you're gonna get some of the affirmation and 
you're going to have moments of feeling seen and, mm. and all that stuff. Um, but the, but the problem was like, I wasn't out, I wasn't really dealing with the core issue, which was the fact that I don't think I matter. Yeah. So I do it through, through business. I do it in high school through leadership stuff. Um, and it just continues, continues. Well, there's like, it's like anyone knows, like if you are trying to solve a foundational core question who you are with something external without dealing with the internal, like not at some point, like things are just going to stop working. Yeah. Um, and so that happened for me <laughs> and I plunged into uh, an addiction, sex addiction for seven years, tore my life from the inside out um, stole a lot of my light mm. and, uh, it was a pretty hopeless place to be. Here's the interesting thing of like, you tell someone, oh, like I'm doing all these things, like I'm working my butt off. They're like, wow, that's amazing. You tell someone like, I have a sex addiction. They're like, oh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But like, it's actually the same problem inside. Right. It just is a, it's a stigma. There's a stigma attached to it that is societally like not recognized as a positive thing. Right, totally. Um, and so that was also just like an interesting thing to yeah, navigate totally. with people. Um, and the, the level of shame that obviously comes mm. with a sex addiction is a whole lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I started to heal and as I started to recover, I started to really go after why do I believe that I don't matter? Mm. And what stories in my life or what experiences in my life have led me to this this deeply rooted belief that I'm mad that it don't matter um, and what are ways in my own life that I can not only speak to that core wound but how can I give myself brand new experiences to show myself that hey like I actually matter and I'm actually worthy and I'm actually loved and mm. um, here first like here first by mm. me and um, and so I would say like that is one of the hugest snippets of my story Totally. Yeah. I love that so much. And I, I, it's an interesting, you said that you feel like most people know that you have to do like the inner work. So, and it's not about the external stuff, right? It's not about the shiny pennies, like job, um, you know, the way your body looks like anything like that. And yet I don't know. Do you really feel that most people think that? Because I know for the longest time I did not. And I see so many women who are constantly seeking the external, whether it's like a, a relationship that, you know, when they get married and so like finally they've like hit the milestones, you know, and now they're right. worthy or they finally have the baby or, you know, they, they get to a size two because that's what <laughs> they've been told by society they're supposed to attain or, you know, they have the business. They are successful from a financial standpoint, from a, from a paperwork standpoint, but internally they're feeling more like lost and alone and deeply unlovable than Mm -hmm. ever before. And I know I personally have experienced that rock bottom so many times. And so I I wonder, do you think that is something that most women are actually aware of? Or do you think it's just, we're just like so unconscious about that piece? Yeah. I would say at large that I think women are unconscious of it. Yeah. Um, I think it, if someone, I think there is like a, a growing movement of women who have, are starting to become more aware that, that the things that they are 
like running to where the things that they're facing externally are a mirror to what is going on inside of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And like, it's, it's been really interesting fostering a business. Cause I feel like it's funny that you said 2014, cause that's, wait, you, you started in 2014, your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I started mine in 2015 and 2015 was like also my rock bottom. And so it's just really interesting. Like everyone who's kind of in that, like year span that I know it's like, there's a lot, you know, starting a business, like it's, it's I think more of like a self-discovery journey than anything that I've ever done in my whole entire life. Like if you really want to figure out who you are, start a business. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Because it just, it really changes the game. So like what was the business when you started? Like what led you to that Mm -hmm. path? And I obviously want to dig into all the other stuff you talked about, but like, you know, what, what made you decide I want to go to business? Like I want to start something. I want to have an impact that way. And like, that's, what's going to like fill this void of me not feeling like I'm lovable or like I'm worthy. Yeah. So I, well, I had a very like, I had a very like entrepreneurial heart, a, a very like, and not even like business, but just like, let's start something. Let's start something that matters mm, yeah. throughout, all throughout high school. Um, Did you do I think it was activism? actually in high school that I really realized like it, this is a way to feel seen because, yeah. um, I was actually really, really shy growing up and had just had a lot of like, felt really invisible in my family and all that stuff. Mm. And then when I, it was like, I broke into high school and I was like, I have gifts. Like I have gifts. I can do and, like, shit. Yeah, <laughs> they can mean something. Yeah. And, um, and especially because I grew up in a small town, it's like when you step out of yourself and you have all of a sudden people are like, mm. "Who is this like little girl like who has mm-hmm. all these gifts?" And um, it it definitely almost modeled to me and proved to me that like this is a way to feel seen. Like this is a way to to tell myself that I matter. Like. Mm-hmm. This is a way to find that truth in like the eyes of my teachers or in the eyes of the newspaper or whatever. Um, and it kind of just like solidified it as a model in my in myself. Mm-hmm. And so then when I started my first business, um, I actually had just come back from overseas. I had been volunteering in Asia uh, for two months. Cool, I was actually doing? supposed to be overseas for 11 months and I was only overseas for two. Oh shit. Uh, what made you I come back? I had to early? come home because I was having intense, intense anxiety. Yeah. Um, basically like all my trauma was like coming to the surface. You're like, shit, I'm done. Co- was it like at the end of college? And you were like, I'm going to go on an adventure. And then you're like, fuck me. Can't do this. Yeah. Yep. I feel that. Been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I come back and I like have to live with, I'm like living with my mom. I'm like working this like very like menial job. And I'm like, let's just go back to my motto. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to start something t- to prove that I matter, even though I'm feeling so much pain mm. and I'm like living with my mother and I'm like back in this small town. Mm-hmm. And so I started a community to, you know, <laughs> called mm-hmm. Firework People. Oh, cool. And Firework People was a community for women who want to use their gifts to make a difference in the world. Yeah. Um, and Firework, the name actually comes from a poem I, I wrote at that time um, about, I was, it was kind of talking about like, who are people that I call Firework People? Mm-hmm. And they're the kind of people that when you get around them, it's like there's a fire inside of them and you just, mm-hmm. it's like contagious. It's yeah. like almost like these 
their entire life is like this question is radiating off of them. Like, do you know what you want? Mm. Do you want to go after what you want? Mm. And so I started that community, ended up getting laid off from that horrible job. Um, and I said, now's the time. So you're like, here we go. I'm going to be a business owner. So I literally moved out. I got let off, moved out of my mom's house, moved back to Ottawa, which is about six hours away. And I've been running my business full time. I love that you're Canadian side note. I am too. And it's just like, it's so nice. Like, I just feel like Canadian humans, like have a heart piece of my heart that is just, you know, it's like you meet a Canadian, you're like, yeah, we have a bond. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like we just do. It's like, we may live in completely separate areas of the country, but like, you know, Ottawa also has a soft place in my heart. I have a lot of family that live there. So yeah. Yeah. I know. (laughs) I know it's been too long, but yeah, that's, I, your story is so relatable and, and honestly, one that I see so much of myself in, like, I feel like we had really similar in a lot of ways, trajectories. And I, I have a very addictive personality. And while my addiction did not show up in sex addiction, it showed up in a lot of other really fun ways. Um, and I just think that like the deep feeling of, I am unworthy, I am unlovable. And Mm -hmm. also the need to like have this shiny penny, perfect life on the outside, is something I, I just like feel like I'm only coming out of as of like a year and a half ago, to be honest, like, mm-hmm. and it still is, you know, it's so ingrained in your body <laughs> because yeah. we become so accustomed to these habits of how we show up with, with, with relationships, with people, with, with, in the world, with ourselves. Um, and it's really challenging to over, overwrite that, you know, especially yes, when it's it become something for so long. So is that where the title, because I've, I've always wanted to ask you this and we've never actually talked about it, but is that where Imperfect Boss came from? Like, because I just love, I just love your campaigns. You guys follow her on social media because literally everything she does is like, uh, like it's just, it's so good. And it, it really is, it, it is about community first and foremost with you. And that is something I resonate with so deeply because I think connection is how we exist as humans and also how we start to feel acceptance is yeah. by meeting other people that go, oh, me too. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, is that where the, the idea of imperfect boss or just the, the word even imperfect came, came from for you? Yeah. So that it really did come from that in terms of, well, specifically in light of the addiction, yeah. uh, because I was running my business full time, but I was also struggling hard with an addiction. Um, I, and I, uh, I I would like go on Instagram and I would scroll and I was like, oh, OMG, like mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone really has it together. And, and of course this was before story. So I feel like it was even worse. Yeah. Totally. Um, Cause you were just seeing like whatever these polished moments. Um, and, and it was hard for me because I was, uh, I was seeing all these perfect moments online, but I was facing a monster of an imperfection in my own life. And I, Mm. knew that that there had to be other people who were and it honestly really came also from a heart of like I would never want anyone to just be starting out like running a business and like they have this this image in their mind of what that looks like because of what they've seen on social media Mm. and then it gets hard or it gets crazy or they're like crying (laughs) um and then they start to draw this conclusion like oh I don't have I must not have what it takes like I I'm disqualified like I I'm doing something wrong when in reality it's like we are all having those moments and it doesn't matter if you're making like 
five dollars a year or you're making like five million like mm -hmm. we are all coming up against some really imperfect moments and, and imperfections in ourselves and so I was it was literally like a flat like a flash in the pan moment where it was like I'm gonna start a campaign and I'm gonna call it hashtag the imperfect boss and I'm gonna get uh bosses or women to share what it really looks like to make your dreams happen mm. And, and do then, it in an authentic way versus like, uh, here are all the steps to success. Like, yeah, you know, uh -huh. Uh -huh. like the shiny penny bullshit stuff, which you guys know I could literally like gag on a spoon. <laughs> about, so <laughs> yeah, which is why I really made it confession style. Because mm. confessions, that. it's like, these are my confessions. Is that an Usher song? Do you know that song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. just popped into my brain. Cause I, I don't know the like words, we should though. put that as a theme song now. <laughs> you do. <laughs> that's all I know that's all I got for you guys oh my god I'm dead no but I I just think it's so relatable like I just I see so I, it, I'm so deeply in the entrepreneur world world and so I and I know we both are but you guys even if you're not like you know what it's like to look at other women and think like they have their shit together right like they mm -hmm. it looks so perfect on the outside or people just anyone when really like you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know the breakdowns that they are having. You don't know the demons that they're facing. You don't know how they are not feeling whole, you know? And and it's so interesting to me because, like, even as much as I talk about this for myself, like, I'm in a place right now where I've done a lot of work on that stuff, and so I have a lot of really good days now where I, do, I don't feel it unworthy but that doesn't mean that doesn't exist anymore and I talk about that and yet I still have so many people being like you have this light you have this energy and like I want that and I don't know how to how to get there I don't know how to be that that person and I always say for for one you're not gonna be because you're not me right? right and for and for two like I've done a lot of fucking work like it's taken yeah. me a long time to get here and I still have breakdowns like on the weekly <laughs> you know um because that's part of being human and I think it's just so refreshing to have a person with a voice on a platform like what you've created um, talking about humanity in such a authentic way. Like it mm -hmm. really is. I don't see it very often. And I think that has been your entire, at least from the outside eye, it, that seems like that's what your entire mission is. And yeah. it's really fucking refreshing. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it really is. And I just want to honor you for that because, um, like, I just think most women feel constantly like they are not, mm -hmm. like, they are not surrounded by people who understand. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it can feel so isolating. Yeah. And it's that crazy thing of, like, people are like, I don't want to share this about me because if I share it about myself, then I will become more isolated. Totally. And the judgment will come out and, mm -hmm. you know, the perception of how, who, how people see me is going to make me feel less worthy. When in reality, it's like when you actually start to uncover and peel back those layers, like you get, create so much connection because other women are like, I'm not alone. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. 100%. So how did your sex addiction like come to pass? Like, how did that even start to start to happen and what did that look like what does that even look like because honestly I've never I don't know that I've ever spoken to somebody who has had sex addiction before yeah it's definitely something that's not talked about often yeah especially so as talk women about it. <laughs> let's do the damn thing <laughs> um I uh because there's different ways that it, obviously there's different ways it can look for, of course. for people because um sex has so many different components <laughs> right and like um, sexuality so mine was like online online mm -hmm. sex addiction uh, 
like nothing in person Mm. it's actually crazy because like I've actually never had sex in real life wow okay but in terms of what it looked like for me it was um the the real culprit I would say is posting naked photos of myself Mm. sexting phone sex Mm -hmm. like live camming Mm -hmm. Um, did you get paid to do this stuff or was it just like for your own personal pleasure yeah it was all for the adrenaline yeah for sure they paid me in adrenaline yeah oh I get that adrenaline is a real thing um and it was a real addiction for me because it was always about searching for the net then you know I would need to go to the next level to get the next high and so Mm. when I first it did start by doing those things like at first it started um I think it was just like watching some pornography, which was really out of character for me at that time. And then it just like kept going up a level. So then it was like sex chatting, then it was sending photos, then it was getting on the phone, like yeah. And it was posting photos publicly. Mm-hmm. Um and so yeah, that's kind of what it looked like for me and kind of how it started. How old were you when because I knew you said it lasted seven years? Yeah. So I was uh twenty. Back in my up, in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think? 22. What do you think? Yeah. Like, obviously, like, I know we've talked a little bit about that, but like, what do you think was the main culprit for like or your reason for like feeling compelled to navigate in that direction? Because, like, you know, there's so many potential addictions you could have, mm-hmm. like, you know, alcohol, like drugs, fucking like love stealing you know addiction to to food is one I am super well versed in you know like what what do you feel like drew you to sex and like online sex I think it was a mix of a lot of different things I definitely have a as I've gone into recovery it actually took me a long time to realize that a lot of my trauma underneath the addiction actually has to do with my mom Mm. and um it's interesting because I don't know. Sometimes I just feel like it's interesting because I was sexually abused as a, as a kid. And sometimes when people find that out, they think, oh, that's why you have a sex addiction. Um, and even that's what I thought. Right. But that only happened once and I live with my mom every day. So, <laughs> right. Um, and she, it just, there were a lot of things that went on to that, that, that established that trauma, but she also had really poor sexual boundaries. Mm. Um, and she was like never wearing any like she was naked a lot and she uh, I remember when I was a teenager she told me that I had a great voice for phone sex mm. um different things like that that were just like and she was I, my parents separated when I was 12 and I saw her with a lot of with a few different men and whatever yeah um so that mixed with I was really 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 involved in church uh throughout high school specifically Mm -hmm. and I am involved again now but um obviously like there's some interesting feelings that come up about sex and there's like there's a bit of like when you grew up in that world like to have a sex addiction feels like kind of dangerous like well I yeah I think it's dangerous in any world but especially if I mean obviously every church is different every um, like religion and and, mm-hmm. and modalities around that are different, but I know so often like sex is seen as like a shameful thing before marriage. And was that something that you were were taught as a young yeah. kid? Yeah, right. It was definitely not something you should ever do. Right, and so obviously there's like the shame attached to 
the idea of that in the first place. But then it's like if you are also navigating this whole world out, outside of that and doing online sex stuff and like not really sure like what that means for you as a person and, and in the church mm-hmm. sphere, if that was important to you, like I can imagine that was there's all probably a lot of shame navigation through that whole process. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it kind of fueled the fire of like this belief of like, I'm bad. Mm. Like that, you know, I'm a bad girl because I'm doing all this stuff, which kind of partnered itself well with some of the beliefs of my childhood. Mm. And do you feel like you had like, and I know you said you had the adrenaline rush from doing the first place, but do you think part of the adrenaline rush was linked to like the I'm bad part of it like the mm-hmm. I'm going against the grain like I'm not this perfect version because yeah. th- I'm thinking because I'm like thinking back to my my addictive tendencies and like I know how deeply that was my thing like I grew up as the perfect straight a kid who was like doing everything by the books like I was my t- yeah. I was teacher's pet like I made my parents so proud and I wanted to make sure that like everyone thought I was this like perfect angel human and like my addictive tendencies came out because I was living in this perfect state that I could not maintain anymore. And it was so mm-hmm. debilitating that I was like, I had to prove to the world in an excruciatingly challenging way that I was bad, that I was mm-hmm. not perfect, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I deeply, I deeply empathize with that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that played into it to at least a little bit of an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whew. Take a deep breath. Cause I know that's like a lot. I appreciate, um, I appreciate you being really open about this. Cause I know, I know you talk about this a lot, but like, I, I just, I just don't know that I've ever heard someone talk about this openly, especially like a woman. To, uh, maybe this is like fucking crazy balls that I'm saying this, but like, I feel like from, uh, if we're talking gender, you know, even though I, I personally believe it's a construct, but like the masculine human tends to tend to talk about this more. Like you hear mm-hmm. more, you, you see like movies about it and like, that's what's mainstream of like, I have a sex problem and it's all men. And it's like, well, no, of course it's not, you know, like where is the representation of the, like the feminine woman who is, who's navigating that. Um, and so like, how has that been for you stepping into the truth of that as a, as a woman? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, I, I feel like it's weird, like in media and stuff, if one, if a woman has a sex addiction, it's like either like, she's like just a really good time or she's like a whore. Sure. And, um, it's funny because so many movies and TV, I'm like, these characters have sex addiction. Mm, say more about that. What, like, what are some, some cues that you pick up on from that? Um, well, different things like they are just like um, avoiding feeling by having sex with different people. Mm. Um, they're using, they're basically using it as a way to cope with life. Mm. um or they're doing it out of like a place of like I don't know who I am and I don't know what I'm worth so I'll just I'm just gonna fuck around and yeah I'll just hide myself in this person yeah or in like these a lot of different people yeah um it's just interesting to me how in some it's interesting to me like you know the whole the whole topic about like media really like in some ways determines what's okay and what's not okay totally yeah it's what we see Um, and how things get glamorized in media Mm. that should not be glamorized Mm. and so something I think about sometimes yeah it's interesting because I 
like I hear you speak about this and obviously you're coming from the lens of like your past and your sex addiction. And like, I personally am coming from the lens of, of not having that past. And I'm like, I think it's amazing that people want to be sexually fluid and open and whether mm-hmm. it's, you know, monogamous or not, whatever floats your boat, like you go for it. I think the key of what you shared though, is not about how much, how many partners you've had, how much sex you're having. It's about why you are doing it, like your intention behind it. And I think that that was really helpful to hear the, the, like what you just shared about how you see it in film or, or, or the media and how it's presented and how you're like, Oh, that person has a sex addiction. It's like, I don't think that we ever think about, we so focus on the action instead of the intention behind the action. And I think that that is the root for so much in, in the world that we live in. And like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, if the intention is that you're hiding who you are or you're shame shame like feeling shameful around that and you're trying to like mask your feelings in order and you're doing that with sex or food or alcohol or whatever yeah. like that is probably an addictive quality that you need to take a look at and maybe go to therapy for, right? Yeah. Um, I a big indicator for me too is like do I have to detach from myself to take part in this activity? Oh, true. Then it's probably there's probably mm. a problem. I so resonate with that. That's me sitting in the car binging for like yeah. an hour every day. Yep. Whoo, yeah. feelings, all the feelings. Um, yeah, that's really helpful. And like, if you're listening, I know this is a lot, you guys. So if, because, and this could potentially be triggering. Um, so if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, like I am witnessing some things of myself and like, I'm having a light bulb moment right now about like maybe an addictive tendency that I have, like, First of all, you, I just hope you know that you're not alone by listening to this. Mm-hmm. And second of all, like, you know, please feel free to reach out to, I'm sure, certainly me, I'm yeah. sure you also feel the same way, um, you know, um, or, or your therapist, ideally, <laughs> um, too, yeah. um, and, ta- and talk to them because um, just having someone in your corner is so important through this. So, whew, okay. Is there anything else that you want to touch on that particular topic that you're like, I really feel compelled to say around my past with sex addiction and everything? Um, no. <laughs> okay. So my question is like, how did you get out of that? Because I know, I know that addiction is hard to, to, to rewire and, and change and get out of habits. Like what was the moment where you're like, okay, like this has to change. And how did that go for you? Okay. Well, it was interesting for me because since, since the very first day my addiction started, I wanted help. Mm. and um it really fought to get help and it took me an insanely long time to get the help I needed yeah and that is something that is very frustrating for me a little bit even till this day um because I saw therapists that weren't equipped to help me Mm. um sex addiction even in the clinical space I feel is still pretty new yeah and especially the online stuff. And so um, it was like, people would be like, oh yeah, I can help you, but like they really couldn't. And then it would just set me back even further. And so yeah, a major turning point for me was I, in 2018, um, found a sex addiction clinic here. Mm. And they weren't around when I first started struggling. And this actually, honestly, man, like I'm so encouraged by this because it proves to me that like, if you show up and do what you're meant to do, like there are lives in waiting. Mm. So stop screwing around. (laughs) 
Um, and so I met the, with the sex addiction therapist and he is the leader of this clinic. Um, and it was the first time that I felt like someone saw me, someone understood and someone knew how to actually help me. Mm. Um, and even that moment alone changed the game for yeah, me because it, it made yeah. me realize that I could, I would be okay, like that I could be okay. Yeah. Um, and so I met, you know, with him several different times and he was really able to help me pin down like, what's the source? Mm. Like, why am I doing this? Mm. Um, and then tried many different things. Like I went to group therapy for female sex addicts. Mm. Um, and I went and did more individual therapy like every single week. And then another big turning point for me was in the spring of last year, I started working with a recovery coach mm. um, in addiction. Mm-hmm. And I that like changed my life. Yeah. Basically, I haven't relapsed since the first day I started working with her. Mm. It's insane. But I think what part of what it was is was because I think I was so ready to do the work yeah. and I was so ready to get well. Yeah. But it's like, even with therapy, it was hard for me because I would be like, I'm going to see you once a week, but then I'm left all By alone yourself. Like, the totally. rest of this time. Totally. And part of what she has done, what she offers or had done with me was to check in like Mondays to Fridays mm. every day. And I do not miss a day <laughs> ever. Um, and so that was like so helpful for me because it made me feel so not alone. Yeah. And, so and it helped me like, because the thing is when you're in addiction and like you're struggling to get sober, like it's, you can't like start going after and really dealing with stuff until you start to get manage some of the behaviors. Yeah. Um, and so once I was able to like get the behavior at least like a week under control or two weeks or a month, then I could start to really go into more of the actual healing work which is what ultimately heals the addiction yeah and like learning how to love myself and learning who I really am and 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 those types of things and shifting beliefs Mm. and but you can't do you can't do that if you're like struggling (laughs) to be okay yeah yeah and also if you're not aware like I also think like a big piece of addiction too is like you need to want help like you've expressed that like you wanted Mm -hmm help and I think that's such a huge piece of this because like one you're not gonna do you're not gonna move you're you're gonna be like a tree forever (laughs) just standing like not moving from that space um if you don't make that realization but two like I think it's so amazing that you got support like I think we are so scared to to ask for help as women um Mm -hmm. and to say like I'm struggling like why is that so hard to say like I'm struggling. Like, let's just all fucking scream it at the top of our lungs together right now. Just like yelling in your car, in your shower, on the trip. Where the fuck you're listening to this? Like right now. But like, like say I'm struggling and tell somebody. It doesn't have to be a a coach or somebody to support you in that specific thing you're struggling with. But tell us, tell a partner, tell a friend, tell a a family member or reach Mm -hmm. out to somebody and say, like, I need I need your help. Yeah. Um, it's the best thing I've ever done for myself too. So I fully, fully honor you for that. And like, I'm so proud of you for taking those steps because not only are you doing it for yourself, but you're also inspiring an entire like generation of women to do the same. And Mm -hmm. that's really powerful, Ashley. Like it's really fucking amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, part of that too, I think, to this touch on is the investment piece. Mm. A lot of people uh, delay their mm. breakthrough and recovery, even in, in as something as simple as going to therapy. Yeah. Because they're like, I can't afford it. And I just want to say <laughs> that um, if you can't afford it now, you'll never be able to afford it. Yeah. And you also can't afford not to. Yeah. You know? And if it's like a legitimate problem with like, um, like barriers helps because of just where you're at or whatever. Um, that if you, if you look, I know, especially in Canada, that there is lots of ways to get help. Yeah. I, when I first started seeing the therapist every week, they pay or they charge for therapy based on your income. Mm, that's really I think nice. I only paid $30 a session. Yeah. Um, and so, you know yeah if you there's a if there's a will there's a way and and yeah. honestly like yeah like it you do need help you do need, need support so I appreciate you touching on that too because I'm all about investing in yourself <laughs> yeah and it's so much easier for women especially in business to invest in themselves totally. if it's business yeah but not in anything else and that's what reflects the business changes like that's mm-hmm. where the, the real work actually happens and like your business is going to grow and expand because you are doing the expansion on the inside yeah. So, okay. I want to pivot for a second because you talk a lot about emotional wholeness. Uh Um, I know that term is like really important to you. Can you explain what that means to you? Because I know it's a lot of the work you do specifically on all fronts, like one-on-one, group, whatever, and speaking. Yeah. To me, it's just about um, feeling healthy inside, Mm. feeling alive on the inside. Mm. I, I think I just live so much of my life disconnected from my inside so that's the first problem Mm. and then and it's because when I would go inside like there was so much happening inside of here and there was like pain and fear and turmoil and questions and um I didn't want to you know obviously I didn't want to deal with that (laughs) um and so it's about (laughs) yeah navigating all that stuff that's going on in here to um feel lighter and to feel healthier and to feel more whole and uh, and why why the heck would you do that is because if you're emotionally whole which is not emotionally perfect mm. um then you um one you just like feel so much more alive like in your life mm. and you're able to have healthy like everything else becomes so much more rewarding yep. like healthy relationships healthy work-life balance healthy relationships with food whatever mm. it is mm-hmm I love that. So what are some of the tools that, um, like if somebody's feeling like that inner turmoil, like that, if I look inside right now, all I see is a hot mess express. Like I'm feeling all the anxiety, the stress is overwhelming. I just need to like block it out and numb with all the things and just like go about my day because that's all I know how to do right now. Mm -hmm. Um, which I so deeply understand, like, (laughs) you know, like that's been there, done that. It's not fun. Um, like when you're navigating that, like, what do you, what do you recommend to your, your community and and your clients? And, and like, how do you, how do you start to, to take steps out of that? Yeah, I would say that the very first steps would be two steps partnered together, like a marriage. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) the first step is asking your heart questions Mm -hmm. which is really just asking yourself questions but getting quiet for like even if you can only do it for like 10 seconds Mm. 
anyone can do anything with that jacket. And just like dropping in to your heart right here and um, asking yourself a question about anything. And, you know, so a big question, like I like to ask myself is what do I need to be okay today? Mm. Or what do I need to feel good today? Mm. Um, and letting my heart like speak for itself and be like, I need you to go for a walk or like, I need you to reach out to someone Start That just helps to like kind of kickstart a relationship with yourself and Mm. to connect into that piece of yourself and, um, start to realize that it's not all bad in there. (laughs) There's some good stuff happening in there and uh, your heart is on your team. Mm, I love that. (laughs) Um, and then the second piece of that is meeting yourself externally. A lot of people who are really struggling internally, they're going to have a lot of trouble actually taking care of themselves on the outside. Um, and I know that well, and a big thing that I recommend is just picking one thing that you do for yourself every single day without fail. Like it's like a non-negotiable. Mm. And honestly, when I first started doing this, it was literally, I'm going to wash my face and I'm going to brush my teeth. Mm. And it's so simple, it, but so, so powerful. Yeah. And a lot of us uh, struggle to even do that on a daily basis. Yeah. But what it proved to me was it doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter if I had a good day or a bad day. I'm still going to walk, I'm still going to shop and I'm still going to wash my face and I'm still going to brush my teeth. Mm. And that proves to me that like that I matter and that I'm worthy of being taken care of. Mm. Um, and you're like a full person, you know, body, soul, spirit. And so when you start to give that feedback, your, your soul, like your inside is going to feel it. Yeah. And, and that can start to also shift things around. Well, yeah. And your body starts to take cues. Your brain starts to take cues from that being like, oh, she's taking care of me. Like, cool. Let's see if this continues. And you keep doing yeah. it. You're telling your brain like you are worthy of that. And then all of a sudden, like that becomes your subconscious. And then you can consciously start working on a, another thing and slowly but surely adding in those layers. Um, I love that. That's great. Ugh. Mm, so, so good. Whew. Okay. Um, quickly before we get into fun and fun fast endings I want you to talk about imperfect boss and like your vision for that and where you're going with your business and what you're offering moving forward I know you have the camp coming up this fall and all other things like tell us all about how we can get more in your sphere and all of that fun stuff yeah well it was funny when I started the imperfect boss because I it was like I started it and then I didn't know where where it was going you're like what (laughs) It's not how the best things always happen, though. You're like, yeah. I have this idea. Let's see where it goes. So that's kind of been the theme of it. But I really feel like I've gotten clear in the last little bit of um, what I really want to lead women into mm. is that emotional wholeness piece and is the confidence to to be themselves and bring all that they are to the table and how to lead boldly because they've been able to do those two things. Mm. Um the boldest and healthiest leaders, I feel like have to have those two things in place. Otherwise you can be a bold leader, but you can be real, you can create a horrible impact. Totally. <laughs> um, or you can be a leader, but not very bold. Mm, totally. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, really, that's kind of my vision to really like raise up a company of women who are authentic, vulnerable, compassionate with themselves, whole on the inside and totally insanely confident and powerful mm. um and I think that sometimes it's like people think it's like one camp or the other mm. like I'm oh I'm so, I'm like so self-compassionate and I'm gentle and meek 
<laughs> but you can actually be both. Yeah. Um, and I think you need to, I think we need to learn how to be both, both to ourselves and to others. Totally. Um, and so that's that. We are really, really focused on events and media. And so we have the camp coming up October 8th to 11th. Yeah, I'll pop that in the chat for you guys too. Yeah. And by chat, that's going to be the last camp. (laughs) It's going to be the last camp ever? Yeah. Oh my God. So are you coming or what? (laughs) (laughs) And then we're going to switch to, we're still doing events, but we're just switching out of the camp model. Mm, Okay. Um, And then our campaigns. I, I am thinking that we'll probably have a campaign coming up in September. So if you follow us on Instagram, you can see when that all the details of that stuff pops up. Yeah, and make sure that you're also on Ashley's email list. Um, you can get on that really easily. But you have so many campaigns going like every year, and they're just so incredible to participate in. I participate in them every time, and like the hashtag mm-hmm. is just like I think my favorite so far has been imper- hashtag imperfect is human. Yeah, that was a good one. Oh, I love that one so much because I was like, yes, this is the human, like, oh, just the heartbeat. Um, I love it. And then, per- and like, personally, are you also, I know you're doing some speaking engagements and stuff like yes. that. Speaking, I'm going to start introducing some more um, offerings and, and coaching on how to create more on the business side of things, like yeah. how to create what I'm calling experiential marketing mm. <laughs> so like a campaign that's an experience yeah to, yeah giving your community an experience I love that that's great um but nothing is out there yet so stay tuned but the yeah. speaking yes maybe, well, maybe by the time this this comes out yeah since I think we'll be yeah. launching this in October so balls. yeah oh you're so amazing okay you ready for some fun fast questions okay Get I'm ready ready all right so if you could time travel where would you go and why um if I could time travel I'd probably go <laughs> you're like I have no idea <laughs> I'd go hang out with the dinosaurs <laughs> actually you know honestly this is probably the weirdest answer but I would actually want to time travel and see myself as a little kid oh I love that answer yeah I really, I honestly like really want to do that. Mm. I keep having dreams about it. Do you not worry that like, if you were in, you know, like it's like back to the future that like, if like, what if like little tiny Ashley like saw you and was like, that chick looks like me. And then she like changed this, the whole future of your future. And you come back into like where you think you're going to be. And you're like, oh shit. Like I'm not really here anymore. Like I'm a very different Ashley. Like I'm all of a sudden wearing like all this crazy makeup and like have a pink hair. And I don't know, I'm just making shit up in my brain, but like, I'm not really afraid of that. No, (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right. Well then fucking you go back and time travel and don't worry about the back to the future shit. Oh, I love that movie. Okay. Um, what is your go-to dance move? Oh, I move my feet really fast. Mm, like shuffling kind of things? You're you like, I wish I could show you. Okay, well, you're going to... you come to camp. <laughs> yeah, I will take the videos. <laughs> my go-to dance move is the robot. It's pretty, pretty... It's a pretty mean robot. I'm not going to lie. Like, I... I yeah, it's, it's like, life-changing. You just have to... You also have to witness it in real life. So, <laughs> you guys are really just screwing up right now from listening to the podcast is what we're learning. <laughs> okay. Favorite topic of conversation lately? 
a random like an unexpected one i'll share yeah is i really love, i'm fascinated by uh the difference in politics between the u.s and canada mm. Say more because I think a lot, a, a very large percentage of the listenership of this podcast is American. And I know a lot about that, but I would love for you to share a little more on that, on that if you're willing. Okay. Well, I actually worked in politics before. That's part of where it comes from. Is that part of your activism stuff? So badass. Yeah. I actually, I worked for a member of parliament. Oh my God. In Ottawa? Speech writing and that type of thing. Super cool. Um, so I think that's part of where it came from because I was like in, in it, in it. But um, here's a here's a prime story example of how different it is. Okay. The other day I'm out for a stroll. For those who don't know, Ottawa is capital city. Mm-hmm. In case. Um, and I am at this ice cream shop and I see what I know to be security because there are things in there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. Think the prime minister was here. Trudeau in there because I am obsessed with him. <laughs> and so I look over, and it's him, and he's with his wife and two kids, and um, they're like just eating ice cream, whatever. And then they get on their bikes, bike mm-hmm. away, while their um, security like got on a bike and followed them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, literally in my head, I was like, this would never happen in America. You're totally he, right. First of all, can you imagine Donald Trump on a bike? I would die, but also like, can we get him on a bike that never ends? So that, anyways, <laughs> like they would walk off like six blocks or something. Yeah, totally. And like the security detail would be insane. I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger even like on a, on a bicycle in LA a couple years ago and he was surrounded by detail. Like there were like at least five people on him. So like <laughs> if in Canada, it's so, that's so real though. I also, my mom, fun fact, you guys, my mom also thinks Trudeau is the dreamiest. I mean, how do we all not think that Trudeau is the dreamiest? And you she have to put was, a photo of him in your notes. Oh, hundred percent. If you guys don't know who, who Trudeau is, like, that's the first thing you need to do. Like, like scratch everything else we talked about and like go look that up right now (laughs) um but seriously like my mom was at a like a ribbon cutting event something that he was at Mm. and like she was so close to him she was taking all the pictures she was sending them to me being like i'm gonna leave your father mom if you're watching i know you were being really or listening i know you were actually saying that but i just think it's so funny um and he's very very dreamy but you're right um politics are very very different and also like the system how divided it is in in the U.S., like, that was a huge, like, when I, I moved here 10 years ago, and I still can't get over it. Like, it's mm-hmm. still jarring to me how, uh, like, split it is, and it's just, like, this two-party system that I, technically I know it's not, but like, that's what it is, and it just mm-hmm. really, really baffles my mind that there aren't more global thoughts <laughs> that exist in yeah. this country. Yeah. It's interesting, too, like, how... This is getting really controversial, but you know how whatever. the <laughs> abortion debate in the states—it's mm-hmm. like front and center. Yep. Here, people won't dare talk about it. Oh, that's interesting. Like, because mm-hmm. when I was working for for Parliament, I was under—I was working for the Conservative Party, Stephen Harper, and mm-hmm. he he was like, "I will not touch the abortion debate mm-hmm. because of how polarizing it is here." Versus, um. Well, I just feel like sometimes in the U.S., like, everything's a little bit more extreme. Yeah. Extreme and also tend to be further away from people's human basic rights. Yeah. So that also might just be part of that. (laughs) Anyways, cool. Um, I love it. I'm really glad we talked about that because I think that's really fascinating and something that I think most people don't really 
like understand deeply and uh, while we obviously scratch the surface on that you should definitely go research that because it's fucking fascinating it Um, is cool all right last question you ready ready what does it mean to you to live your fuck yes life play by my own rules do what i want Mm. when it's healthy for me (laughs) totally i love that yeah it's super intentional i love that so much all right. I know that this is all going to be in the show notes, but where can the audience connect with you? Like get closer to you on the line, on the web. How can they love on you? Like share all of the deets of where they can find you online. Well, I'm mostly on Instagram for social media, like the entire world. Imperfect bosses are actually on Bowdoin. Um, and you can find my websites through those links. But um, if you want to be my best friend, you <laughs> three things. Okay. Very important. Step one. <laughs> Number one, these all involve Instagram stories. Oh, great, great, great. (laughs) Number one, send me a story of your favorite dance move. Mm. You better tag them back with yours because I'm just saying, like, they're going to expect the shuffle now. (laughs) I know. know. Number two, tell me one thing you love about yourself, Mm. not me. (laughs) Number three, post a story probably in vain. My new BFF is actually open. Okay. I love it. I love it. You've heard it here, you guys. And also, <laughs> also share a screenshot of like you guys listening to this and let us know your favorite takeaway um, yeah, and something that you want to implement for yourself because this is all about you. This is all about you living your fuck yes life. And um, hopefully by hearing how we have lived ours, you can get a little bit closer to that for yourself. So thank you for sharing. You are amazing. Go follow her and just like get more in her light because that's really what you are. Just a giant fucking ray of light and like authentic light you know like the real light um and i appreciate that so hard so thank you so much for being here thanks for having me and there you have it thank you so much ashley for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us and thank you for listening and being an active member of the live your fuckiest life community i love you and i just am so fucking appreciative to all of you, if you love this episode, uh, do what Ashley said because I just love it so fucking much. Um, and as always, um, when you leave a, a review or even just like clicking on the stars, it really does help get the potties in front of more people. We're starting to chart big time, y'all. And so I'm excited about that and your contributions and reviews and all that good stuff. Just get the these incredible stories and interviews and tools um, into more people's hands. Um, so thank you so much for support. As always, everything that we talked about in today's episode is in the show notes at amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash 75. And until next week, I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.